Hello, everybody. We are back. This is Sean Haas with Amanda Creed on The Chamber Pod. Thank you for tuning in. Tonight is our review of WWE TLC, our first pay-per-view. Woo! Okay, so, Amanda. Yes. Moments before the show started, we... Did our quick picks. The very first quick picks ever. Yes, we did. And it was a great, great, great night, wasn't it? it you know, I'm going to strongly disagree with you there. It, I, it's not that great of a night. I, I, don't, I don't know why you would disagree. I, I don't know why you would disagree. This was a monumental moment. For the chamber pod. It was, dare I say, the greatest comeback in the history of quick picks. It's a rather short history, but but yeah, no, oh. that, that's fair. No, 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 no. It's a very important history. It doesn't matter how long it is. Amanda, you got off to the best start ever. Oh yeah, it was great. It was incredible. You picked Drew McIntyre to retain the WWE Championship. Yep. You picked The Miz to cash in his briefcase. Absolutely. And you picked that it would not be successful. Because he's The Miz. And it didn't take very long for us to realize that Amanda had picked Three things in a row correctly. Unfortunately, that is the best thing I did all night. Uh, in fact, you didn't do a single other thing the rest of the night. I, I did not. <laughs> so we got that amazing championship moment in the first half hour of the show. And then Amanda said, hey, I'm up 3 nothing. I don't have to worry about a darn thing. I was very wrong. Very wrong. Yeah. And in great fashion, I, I, you know what? I did it on purpose. I did it on purpose. I got everything wrong in the opening match of the night just to lull my opponent into a false sense of security. Only for me to come storming back with a correct Sasha Banks pick, a correct Asuka pick, a correct Charlotte as the mystery opponent to tie it up. And then... Then I was blessed to be at the head of the table. Roman Reigns came through. And I am your TLC champion. Yes, so make sure you turn you tune in on... January 31st, right before the pay-per-view, I will be delivering my quick picks as an undisclosed wrestler. Oh, I am so excited. I will get to broadcast to all of our listeners as the champion with a mystery wrestler. I have no idea who I'm going to have with me. On that so glorious occasion. But our listeners have a real treat. I can tell you that. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know who it's going to be. But 
I'm going to defend my title against whoever shows up. We'll see about that. So that gets a little bit of the housekeeping out of the way, but I'm honestly just going to be riding the high for the rest of our podcast here. But we are going to review TLC, the pay-per-view, and I, I have to say, my performance in Quick Picks was not the only thing that left me really, really satisfied. This was the best show that I have seen WWE put on in a really long time. It was special, Amanda. I completely agree. It was such a good pay-per-view. It was a great card, great performances. They got pretty much everything right throughout this whole thing. And that even starts at the, you know, at the very beginning. We didn't watch the kickoff, but as we go into the actual pay-per-view, they did a great job of doing a quick review of the card. They went mm-hmm. over each match, who yeah. was in it, and all that kind of stuff. And this fun little montage, the music was building, yeah. and we got everything all the way up until Michael Cole saying, Welcome to TLC. Yeah. And then we get a great start to the great start to the show with AJ Drew, we have the WWE Championship match right out the gate. And I know that on our very first episode of the Chamber Pod, I went on record and I said, I thought that that match could have been main event worthy. And certainly with what winds up happening in it, you would think there is no way this isn't the main event. But it was main event good. Like the quality of the match was so high. The competitors in the match did such a nice job. It was action-packed. I, What a way to start the show. I would... Amanda, take it away because it, it was so fantastic. It really, really was. And I, I only have a few quick notes about the majority of the match. And then, even though I'm not going to be able to do this finish justice, I'm going to... I'm going to try. Um, so we, we start off strong. Drew looks great. He's delivering deadly, deadly chops to AJ. We get the fabulous quote from Joe on commentary. He says, <laughs> these chops are like getting hit with a side of beef. Yeah, yeah. Like the, like the sound coming off of these is bone chilling almost. So Drew dominates the match early. AJ is doing great. He's battling back. It's a great back and forth throughout the match. There was a f- an interesting little spot where AJ struggled with the chair in the corner. Mm-hmm. And that won't be the last odd thing to happen at TLC. But the, the mistakes were so minimal Yeah, throughout this whole pay-per-view. I was very, very impressed. Uh, and like I said on another episode of our show, like when you are delivering a high-quality performance you can kind of let some of those mistakes happen. Like, they, they make it feel real. They make it feel like, uh, you know, like, the, the flow and the vibe of this match was so good that you didn't really notice or care about the mistakes. Like, yeah, he took a little extra time throwing that chair into the corner in between the, the, yeah. the ring ropes. And, and, and it, it's tight in there. There's a lot of <clears throat> tension. So it was, the chair wasn't, setting up a hundred percent beautifully right but eventually he gets it and yeah. it's perfect it absolutely it just took is. a little bit of time and and because the match had been so good 
You didn't even care that you had a little bit of downtime. It gave us all a moment to breathe. Absolutely. And it was, it was easily overtaken by a couple of really big spots that followed around the same time. And we got the calf crusher through a ladder. Uh We got the calf crusher through a chair. Yeah. Like Drew's leg was destroyed. Yeah. And then in comes Miz. And, and everything explodes. I was shocked. I, I <clears throat> honestly, I did not believe that we would get a Miz cash in. As much as they talked about it beforehand, I thought misdirection, misdirection, and and th- there would be no way. But they did such a good job of kind of making both competitors just destroy everything in their path that you were sitting when Miz comes out and you're going. Oh my gosh, he's gonna win. Which is why he's able to come in and the cash in, which was a little slow, but I think it worked. Mm-hmm. Um, and Miz is able to is able to come in and just starts like in true Miz fashion, showboatingly climbing up this ladder, and you know pretty soon almost gets into the ring, yanks Miz down, throws him through a table on the on the other side of the ring, like, and then. Because Omos is a great equalizer yeah. to Morrison. Morrison, in probably one of the best spots in the whole match, right. gets a chair, comes up behind Omos. Omos no-sells. Omos doesn't even move. But that chair literally breaks. I love a good no-sell. And when it happened, when Omos gets slammed in the back with this chair and doesn't move an inch. He doesn't flinch. He doesn't cower. He just turns around like he, like somebody stole the last cookie out of the jar. Like he comes around so angry. And when that happened, I yelled, no sell. It was so good. Oh, it really, really was. And it led to a a pretty nice, like intense moment between Mm -hmm. Omos and Morrison, which leads to, I'll admit, not a great retreat by Morrison. He he really struggled to get out of the area. Mm-hmm. Um, but essentially, it, it it leveled the playing field again. Yeah, it did. It it they did a great job, and it was well thought out, eliminating all of the fluff. You know, like yeah. you got the riffraff out of the way. Morrison essentially did his job for the Miz. Yeah. He got almost out of the way. Now, he didn't do it to the point where he could continue to help Miz. Right. But he also couldn't, uh, you know, he didn't allow almost to stay in and help AJ, which was a benefit to the Miz. Absolutely. The problem is, it seems like both of these characters are reliant on that extra help. And there's one character who isn't. Absolutely. And and even with that, they did such a great job. Like I said, I can't do this finish justice. It's the three men brawling it out, mm-hmm. going back and forth. Everybody at one point or another had a shot at grabbing the title. Yeah. Everybody's using ladders to their advantages. They're throwing people off of them, beating each other up. It's a fantastic storytelling back and forth. Yeah. Who's who's gonna win? One gets the advantage over another and then here comes another one like it was a fantastic match mm-hmm. and in the end Drew wins 
And I have one sentence. Raw got it right. Raw got it right. 100%. I, I, I can't disagree. This match was so good. It was a great way to start the show. It was so exciting to like the the match itself. It it was a roller coaster ride. It really that was, was just so well done, and the athleticism of all the competitors. Like WWE should just ride these horses out Absolutely. because they they are so entertaining. It's so much fun to watch. It's it's probably the best thing they've done in a long time. Now, before I ask you what you think this means, like what's going to be coming mm-hmm. next. I think you have some fun stats for our listeners regarding I have Money in the Bank. a boatload. So the Money in the Bank contract is one of the most interesting components to watching a wrestling season, so to speak. It's really, it adds so much drama and intrigue. And the history behind this opportunity of the briefcase is exactly why. So many people, the, the mega stars of WWE have held this briefcase, and it has led them to a championship. This is only the fifth time in history that the briefcase did not lead to a championship. That's five out of how many? That's five out of 25. There have been 24 cash-in moments. The, the the one exception to this was Asuka. She won the Money in the Bank match, and then it was revealed the following episode of Raw that she, in fact, had won the championship because the current champion could no longer hold the belt. Becky. Yes, Becky went on maternity leave at that point, and Asuka was, um, you know, passed down the yeah. belt, so to speak. Um, but... The, the, the names on this list are particularly interesting. You've got Hall of Famers or soon-to-be Hall of Famers on this list. Edge has won a Money in the Bank. He's cashed in a Money in the Bank twice. CM Punk has won two Money in the Banks and cashed in twice to become champion. Carmella, a technicality, and we'll get to her immediately after this segment. Yes. But she has held... Two Money in the Bank briefcases. One was stripped of her, and it led to a championship. I also believe Carmella held the briefcase for the longest amount of time because you have a one-year restriction on winning it. So essentially, you win the Money in the Bank. You have until next year's Money in the Bank to cash in. in. But this this is the fifth time that there was no championship. So about one in five, actually exactly one in five, will fail. But what makes it even more interesting is that a woman has never failed a cash-in. Mm-hmm. So men, be wary. <laughs> but also, it's only been really recent. Four out of the last five holders of the briefcase on the men's side have failed to win the championship. It's incredible. Baron Corbin, Braun Strowman, Otis, and The Miz all did not win a championship after holding 
the briefcase. The only person in the last five to win a championship was Brock Lesnar when he surprised oh, everyone. Lord. So this is historic. Whenever a briefcase gets introduced and cashed in, we are watching history in the making. Miz is only the second person to have won the briefcase not in the Money in the Bank match. Right. He won it from Otis at a pay-per-view match. The, the person before that was Edge. Edge got his second briefcase from Mr. Kennedy, Kennedy all these years ago. So it's been a long time, but that also makes him the first two-time holder to be unsuccessful. Edge won twice, Punk won twice, and Carmella had it twice, but won their, the championship yes. once. So I, I, Money in the Bank is one of my favorite things. I love it. Every year, you know, months pass and you get closer and closer, and you're like, ooh, it's got to happen sometime soon. I know I wasn't expecting it. And I know that I might have wanted to see it in a different way, but mm. they did a great job, and this really was a good usage of the Money in the Bank briefcase. I completely agree, and I can't wait to dive into those stats a bit more come the Money in the Bank pay-per-view. Like, yes. We are going to, huh, you're going to really have to tune in for that in a couple of months. Yes, that should be a very exciting one. But, so with the stats, and... Mm-hmm. I'm gonna. This is kind of how I'm gonna go after every match. I'm just gonna ask you, like, what's next? So Drew retained. You, so what's next? You're right, and you know what? It, it it kind of is okay that there isn't an answer to this question because we'll tune into Raw tonight and hopefully get some indication of what WWE is planning because we don't really know. I don't want to spoil the ending to the show, but really, there's only one character on the raw roster on the men's division that comes out looking somewhat strong absolutely and capable of challenging drew mcintyre and it's a very familiar foe yes i can't wait to get to them but back to tlc we get we go next we go to a, a quick little interview between kayla and paul and their relationship's a lot of fun watching yes. them go back and forth is amazing and Paul reveals to us that he is a fan of NASCAR, specifically because he likes the car crashes, and then uses that as a metaphor for what Roman is going to do to Kevin Owens. Like, he names all the implements that are going to be mm-hmm. used. Yes. Um, and he boosts Roman by saying that Kevin's going to get hurt by Roman, and he says it's a spoiler not a prediction. Mm-hmm. Which, of course, in the wrestling world, we know this is his line. He loves to deliver it. Um, but, gosh, what a great painter of pictures Paul Heyman is. And he does it with words, which I, is my favorite medium. Yes. Um, I, I never would have put NASCAR and wrestling together, but Paul made it believable. Yeah, and that's the thing. is like He knows when he's making that comparison. That nobody is ready for the answer, NASCAR. Yeah. And even when he says NASCAR, I'm sure some people picked up on it and followed the thread. But it was kind of like, where are you going with exactly. this? But it's so, so good. And he, he says, he, he admits, he's like, I know I'm a little bit of a sick person 
for liking these high-intensity crashes. But anybody that's watched a NASCAR race, or better yet, gone to one, I lived in Bristol for a long time, so I went to a couple races. Like, there is a certain thrill Absolutely. When, when these cars are going at such a high speed and they just impact. And that's what we got in that match, both before the interview and mm-hmm. also what will happen for the rest of the show. Paul Heyman knows how to sell his product. Absolutely. And, and we'll go more into the product he's selling mm-hmm. here in a few matches. But So up next was Sasha and Carmella. Uh, I loved the recap they did. They made Sasha look really strong to begin with, and then the snaps yeah. came in, and they were timing the scene cuts, the music, mm-hmm. the the cadence of everything with each of Carmella's snaps. Yeah, I'll tell you it what. Was beautiful. They're really, I would say, unquestioned the top of the food chain for video packages. Yes. Is WWE. Their creative team always delivers when it comes to hyping these men. And that's why the pay-per-views feel so big. Because they will tell you all of what's happened. Of course, if you listen to the Chamber Pod on Spotify or on RSS.com, you will also know all of the things that have happened over the last month. But they do a nice job of condensing it and making it feel like you, you like the most personal war exactly. is taking place exactly and it was uh, i don't have enough words it was so good it got me really really excited for the match so we get into the match and it's a great back and forth of course it is because carmela's great in the ring and mm-hmm. I, I think she's often underrated but you know, a, a little bit more than that, Sasha elevates every match that she's in. She has that chemistry with everybody. She makes everything better mm-hmm. just because of how, who she is as an in-ring competitor. Yeah. So in this match, like you said, it gets personal. Mm-hmm. We get an homage to Sasha's hero, the yeah. reason she got into wrestling. Absolutely. We get the three, ama- th- three amigos and probably the best frog splash she's ever done. That's exactly what I was going to say. Like, this match, y- you would probably expect this from Sasha in terms of the crispness. Yeah. But, like, I think the jury is still out on Carmella. Like, nobody really wants to give her the credit that she deserves. She's very good. And when you put a very good wrestler in there with the best wrestler in terms of technical performing... Absolutely. You are going to get a masterpiece. And Sasha was crisp on every single moment. This this was easily her best Three Amigos. Yes. Easily her best Frog Splash. And while I don't know if I'll give it best match because she has had some doozies, this was really good. It was so good. And and the thing that I always say about AJ Styles is the same that I'll say about Sasha. Those two performers get everyone's best match. Like, if you want to look at who's... What, what matchup is Absolutely. somebody's best match? Everybody against Sasha, everybody against AJ. Absolutely. You get it all the time. Which, and you know, just a, a quick shout out to uh, uh, Reggie, 
Reggie. Reginald. Reginald. Good old Reginald. Reginald, the uh, the sommelier for Carmella, he saves her a couple of times in the match for like, a couple of big, quick spots. Mm-hmm. And it's it's just, it adds to the storytelling that's going on in this match. But going off what you said about, you know, Sasha gets the best matches out of people, AJ gets the best matches out of people, that's why we had the best hour of wrestling that i have seen in yeah. a really long time to start off this pay-per-view I, I i remember i was watching and i was like gosh i wish raw would open with this kind of stuff i right? wish smackdown would open with this guy i think smackdown's in better shape yes. than raw at the moment but like like tlc reminded me why i love pro wrestling yes i i completely agree and there, there were a lot of almost falls in this match. You know, mm-hmm. we, we had the three falls of Amela. Yeah, right. So three, three quick pins, three quick uh, kickouts by Sasha. But ultimately, this ends in the bank statement for the win. Mm-hmm. Sasha retains her title. So again, I'm going to ask you, what, what is next? What does this mean? Before I go there, I just have to say about the finish of the match. I love how creative they are with how to get the bank statement locked in. Oh, absolutely. They transition into that move so many different ways that it feels, like, suspenseful. It feels like a big finish of the match because you are waiting to see how is Sasha Banks going to do it this time. And if she does it, you're not getting out of it. Exactly. We get the, the sh- it mimics the suspense that we get from the RKL. Yeah. yeah. Which, whew. Any kind of combination in terms of a lockup or a running strike or, it feels like Sasha Banks can get this locked in anywhere in the ring. Absolutely. Which is the exact same part of the RKO. It, it comes out of nowhere. Absolutely. It's almost like she it's almost like cat and mouse. Like mm-hmm. she's she's just playing with her yeah. opponent. Yeah. Just just dangling the championship, you know, the little piece of cheese to see which which time somebody's exactly. going to bite for it. It's it's really good. But what comes next? I this is an exciting time for SmackDown's women's division because it's kind of wide open. Like, yeah. you wouldn't exactly think that they're going to go with Bailey so soon. Um, and also, it seems like she might be getting bested in the feud by Bianca. Yeah. So Bianca's on the rise. I like that as a potential option. I think that I, could be really I good. Think, I think the Rumble might be a little bit soon. I would love to see Banks, Belair... At Mania. Yes. I think that is an exciting athletic face-off. I completely agree. That match would be so good. But when you're looking at the rest of the roster, you might say, okay, Carmella had her shot. Now we've got to go with Bianca. So if I had to make a prediction, I might go with Bianca. But I think it'll be really fun just to tune in Friday night. See what happens. I, I completely agree. And, you know, I, I'm i going to mimic the same thing I said about Raw. SmackDown got this one right, too. Yeah, yeah. Like, so far, it's two really big wins for the, for the different brands. Now, I will give some advice to SmackDown. Don't allow Carmella to disappear. No. This is really important because she is a new debuting character. She, she Of course, she had previous characters course, as face but, but and heel. Of course, but the untouchable. Exactly. This iteration of Carmella is brand new and you've made her look strong on TV but you just 
kind of hammered her with a big loss here, going for the title straight away. She needs to do something in the mid card, similar to I would love to see Carmella Bailey. Yes. Give me Baymella. Give it back to me. That going would back be to the end. Give it back to me. I don't care if they team up, because they're both heels, obviously, yeah. so it'd be hard for them to feud. But give her another feud right away that she can remain looking strong. Absolutely. She should still be a priority, even though your title is on banks. I com- I completely agree. And I would also love to see some more Bay Mella. It was it's one of the best teams they've they've had. Mm-hmm. But I, I just have to say before we close, Sasha Banks is my favorite. And her with the title for those Mandalorian fans, this is the way. Yes. And because she retained, this is still the way. It is the still way. the way. Yeah. And it now, will always be the, the way. way. But, you know, going back to talking about, you know, tagging up, partnering up people, mm-hmm. we get Asuka backstage. And, you know, she's supposed to pick her mystery partner. So we get a fun little back and forth, I'll call it. A fun little back and forth with Billy, where Billy, you know, continues her mm-hmm. little resume yeah. bit and she comes back. And is essentially interviewing for the position. Right. She lies on her resume and says she's, you know, fluent in Japanese or whatever. Proficient. I apologize. Proficient mm-hmm. in Japanese. So Asuka, of course, then talks Japanese to her. And then very quickly after realizes that Billy is, in fact, not proficient in Japanese. <laughs> and says, thank you. The position has been filled. Let me tell you, I loved this. This is like... They balanced the real, they balanced the strength, they balanced it all with that little dose of comedy, and they did it perfectly. We have all lied on a resume before. It's just one of those little white lies that you hope pushes you over the edge or doesn't cost you the job. And Billy does this, trying to be the partner for Asuka, it was absolute comedy gold, and I love it. Me too, I mean, she had her own mask. Yeah, yeah. She 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 had a really poorly drawn face paper plate on like a pa- exactly like a jumbo paper plate that was far too large for her face. It was it, everything about that segment was great, and it didn't like mock anyone. You know no. what I mean? It, it wasn't like it didn't take away from what was about to happen. No, and it actually you know made me a little bit more excited to see because the position has been filled. So like, who's it going mm-hmm. to be? Yeah. Um, but you know, because of the way WWE works, we're going to stick right with the tag division yep. and go right into the hurt business versus the new day. I found it interesting that Baldy Lashley was not at ringside. It was just MVP. Yeah, I thought this was a little odd because I I thought maybe they wanted to keep Bobby looking strong, even though he wasn't on the show. But they kind of just forgot about him and said, hey, let's go with Cedric, uh, Shelton, and MVP was ringside. Right, which, you know, he's the leader, he's the coach. Like, MVP makes a lot of sense. Uh, And so, you know, it... It gets off to an interesting start. We start with a quick little backstage bit between the New Day and Charlie. Love Charlie. Yeah. Um, and the New Day refers to the Hurt Business as the butt hurt business. <laughs> it was right. it was a great quick little moment. I will say you called the finish of this match during that interview. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So when, once it happened, I, I started to realize I was looking down at my prediction sheet where I had the New Day written down. And I was like, oh, man, this 
this interview spot is a dead giveaway for me. Of course, I've watched wrestling for a very long part of my life. Um, so I kind of have gotten used to the pacing or the course and how, how they put things the in certain Easter places. The that they drop. Exactly. And, um, gosh, they made New Day look strong in the interview. Yeah. And then they, they took that strength that they had just given them through all of it at the Hurt Business in the very beginning of the match. Like, it was all New Day in the beginning. They were looking strong. They were in sync. They were hitting everything. And then there's a little bit of a turn. Like, mm-hmm. we get a lot of really, really cool spots from, from Kofi, because of course we do. Yeah. Uh, we get a surprise appearance from the SOS, which is a move we haven't seen him hit in a while. Right. Which was a lot of fun. Um, but the Hurt Business starts to climb back mm-hmm. up. They beat right back in. Their their strength is ultimately what gets pushed and highlighted because strength is what's going to make them win. Like that's what they're going to like. They're going to beat you that because they're stronger than you. Right. And they did a great job, not only just storytelling between the two teams, but a story that has been developing within the hurt business itself. Right. Is where Cedric has this tendency to take over the end of a match because he starts tagging himself in. Yeah. So he tags himself in. He lumbar checks Kofi, and one, two, three, we have new champs. Yeah. So everybody knows the game, two truths and a lie. Yes. And you obviously have two true statements, and you have one not true statement, untrue statement. And the idea is to pick out which one's the lie. But yeah. you usually have three reasonable exactly, you know, things yes. that could be true. Right. Well, I'm going to change that game a little bit. Okay. Okay? Because it's two pros and one con okay. is the way that I, like I see this. this I like right? this. You do need something fresh on Monday Night Raw. Yeah. And maybe that freshness is New Day on the Chase. They're very good at it. Maybe the Hurt Business can be this, like, really dominating type force that nobody gets the better of. So, like, I like the idea of changing things up. That's great. Yeah. I also like this, like, withering from within type angle where you have this really eager, overexcited newbie. In this stable of veterans. Yes. He just wants to make a name. So he is putting himself in matches. The he in this case is Cedric Cedric Alexander. Alexander. He keeps tagging himself in. That's great. I love that. Those two things combined are your pros. So what's our con? The con is the last time we saw the Hurt Business was that god-awful milk segment yes and just in case you don't know usually your champions have to have the microphone yeah but the only one that we can give the microphone to is mvp and he's oddly enough the only one without gold and that's that's kind of what i mean is unless cedric and shelton have been killing it in promo class I don't like the idea of them as champion because I'm not going to enjoy their feuds. No. They're going to it's going to have to be all action with them, which Absolutely. isn't bad, but it relies a lot on how you book it. And 
I just, that's the con. And unfortunately, I think the con outweighs the two pros. I agree. But at least we're going to get content that provides a story. So I would look for, when watching The Hurt Business, this thread to continue of Cedric Cedric tagging himself. a little overzealous. Right. And it's easy for everybody to be happy in The Hurt Business when it's winning gold. Yep. But when they start losing matches because he tags himself in too much, that's when the story will get really interesting. The, the, my hope is that they can provide enough on the mic talking to us about it to further create right. the divide when it happens. I, I hope so, too. I... Well, you're right. I'm not really excited for their feuds because not like only one of them can talk. Right. I am excited to see who they're feuding with Mm -hmm. because if they feud them with the right people, the fact that they're not good on the mic will come into play. Right. They'll be able to call out MVP for not only being the only one on his team who can handle a mic, right. but also be the only one on his team without without gold. gold. Right. So there, there's at least material there, but also my hope here. Bring us more tag teams. Please. Put them together. Please. Find them. Cesaro. Make, make another bar. Do I something. I don't care. Take two people who hate each other yes. and make them work together. It works. Find somebody to hurt the, the hurt, hurt business. business. Yes. So Bobby comes out to celebrate with them at the end. You get the, the you know, the iconic show. You got MVP and, you know, his three champions up there at the top of the ramp. It's, it's a... It's a traditional moment as far as WWE goes with new champs. Yeah, for the next segment that they blow, I will have a great line for everybody. Oh, I'm excited. I'm not going to gonna spoil it. the line, but it is a pun on the tag team's name. Oh, oh yay! I am so I'm so excited for that. That's going to be so good. So from there, we go to a very interesting little segment where Sammy starts yelling at Kayla. Because he's looking for who leaked the audio mm-hmm. um, of, hi- of him going on some kind of rant regarding E and the, sla- and the Sammy Awards. And Kayla essentially is like, look, a journalist never reveals her sources and then promptly walks away. So Sammy, it's, it's a fun thread kind of watching him untangle a little bit. For sure. I, I, one of the best parts of a character is that one that believes they're better than everyone else. They're the top of the food chain and then slowly introducing a predator that's greater because they kind of freak out. They lose their mind. They unravel, but they're still clinging on to the power they believe they hold. Right. So they can't be too frantic, but they are frantic because their entire identity is being called into question. Sammy in this role Bueno. It's it's one of the best things he's ever done. I completely agree. Like, go all the way back to KO, Sammy, and NXT. Like, it's best friends turning on each other good. And the problem is that Sammy is the best friend turning on himself. Yes. He is losing it right now. And Big E is now getting thrust in the spotlight, which is a much needed uh, injection of life to the program. I love I love E and he is he's just, he's great in everything that he does. I miss him with the new day, but I love that they're they're giving him some some content. I know that this is for the mid card title. It's for the intercontinental title. This feud, yeah. But this Big E 
He's a future world champion. I, I guarantee. Completely he, agree. He, Universal, WWE, whatever it is, he will be at the top. I completely agree. So we go from one uh, mess, yes, I guess, to a recap of the destruction or the onslaught again, as I've called it before, of why Lana is indeed not here at TLC. So we get to see Nia's and uh, Shayna's attack and everything all over again. And we get a somewhat of an injury update on Lana. And we find out that she, she's dealing, assuming it's true, dealing some, with some pretty serious stuff. There was a MCL mention. Yeah. She's got some, uh, something, I think, in her neck. Yeah, so we don't, know, we don't know actually if this is storyline or not. I know that we said what happened on... Raw during the attack was storyline because that might have been um, writing her off of television if the injury was sustained prior to that moment. What we do know is the injuries that are described were not sustained during that attack via something, you know, out of control or a botch or something being wrong. But there is a chance that this injury is legitimate. And that they needed to make adjustments to their script in order to service. Exactly. And we, you know, we'll be paying attention to the WWE sources and announcements for information on that. But after that recap, we go, again, sticking with the tag division, we go to Nia and Shayna versus Asuka and her mystery opponent. So Nia and Shayna come out to the ring and they're ready to go, and then Asuka comes out, and then she starts dancing around, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. out comes the mystery opponent, and Naya is angry. Oh, for sure. So the history between Naya and Charlotte is well described, but uh, yeah, we, we got the woo back. Yes. It's always good to have a flair in pro wrestling. Absolutely. And then we had a fun little shot of Rick backstage. So Yeah, that it was, was it was nice. We got both flares in one night. Which is always great. So, you know, Asuka starts the match, Charlotte tags in early, but overall Asuka took a real beating during mm-hmm. this match. But they you know, they still gave Charlotte some bumps. Yeah, no, it's it's coming. The yeah. the, the loss for Asuka is coming because Absolutely. we saw her look Pretty weak. I, I'm I'm really excited about this because we're gonna get Oscar and Charlotte together as a tag team as the champions. But I don't think it's gonna last long. I, this may not make it to February. You know, we yeah. might see this break down as with, early as the rumble. As early as the rumble, because Which... you have two dominant personalities, two dominant athletes together and one of them has just a little more gold than the other exactly like oscar is still your raw women's champion and you know since you spoiled it a little bit before i got there charlotte hit natural selection for the win Mm -hmm. during the match and you know one two three we have again new champs yep so both of our tag team belts have changed hands right Uh, yeah i i I thought the match was fine. I didn't think there was anything exceptional about the match. There weren't any spots that stood out to me or like, wow, this is great for pro wrestling. The art form, 
in terms of what they're going to do here with the story, I've been begging for something to happen with the Raw Women's Division. And the second that you have Charlotte Flair walk back into the building... Everything goes up. You, ha- you have a different vibe. You exactly. have a different feeling. This is It's more exciting because now I'm looking at it and I'm going, okay, we could get the tearing down of Asuka, Charlotte's tag team, into the feud, Charlotte, Asuka, for the Raw Women's Championship. Absolutely. Which is much needed. And it will give another tag team... A really big hallmark, trademark win. Exactly. If a tag team can come in here and beat Asuka and Charlotte, two of the most storied wrestlers in WWE history, yeah, that's something to hang their hats on. I completely agree. And if they if they do it right, you know, they could do a lot with Mandy and Dana. Mm-hmm. And when Lana comes back. She's probably going to want that spot back. And you know what? It's cross-brand. This championship is cross-brand. So don't forget about the Riot Squad. Don't hmm. forget about Tamina finding a partner. Exactly. Don't forget about Billy Kay running around and handing her resume to, to anybody. Everyone. Natalia is still in the mix. Like, there are a lot of women on the roster that could get a huge lift from just this storyline alone. Absolutely. I, oh, I'm, I'm excited to watch it. I'm excited to see it unfold. Once again, as you said, Raw got it right. Yes. Um, and then we go backstage to another E segment. Or, well, a segment involving E. Because E's talking to Truth backstage and then in comes Sammy. Again, going off about the audio. Right. And so it's just Sammy verbally attacking E and Truth eventually just leaves, and E looks at him and just says, "Keep playing. Yep. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, Keep playing." It, 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 Sammy is poking the beast, which is not what you want to do. And it was during this segment that we found out that on the kickoff, E pinned Sammy in that eight-man tag team yeah, match. A, a great heel thing to do is lose a match and then go taunt the person that beat you. It, like what sane person is gonna get? beaten by somebody and then go well you know i'm better than you or you're ridiculous or you can't handle the moment or you know anything that would irritate somebody so sammy maintaining kayfabe keeping the character strong in terms of its actions and thoughts and Big E looking like a man on a mission exactly he's like all right you're gonna do this yeah let's play yeah so i'm i'm I am so excited for mm-hmm. that feud to finally explode. Yeah. I hope they don't make me wait too long for it, but if it's anything like Sasha Bailey, I'm going to be waiting no, forever. No. I think it's going to be quicker. I think we might actually get this match finally at the Royal Rumble. Okay. That's what I would look for. I love that. But we're going to get good kind of. You're going to have to probably wait a little while <sighs> because that's January 31st. Right. But... I think we're going to get good content to get us there. I'm 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 excited and the two of them are going to put something magical together. I just I know it. Yeah. Oh, for sure. They, and and I know we're talking a lot about the characters or what they write for them. These are two great wrestlers too. They They're they so can good. perform in the ring. So it should be a good feud, it should be good writing, it should be a good match. Yes, it's oh, I'm so excited. And then from that 
bust of crazy. Mm-hmm. We go straight into Roman versus Kevin Owens. Yeah. And the world of it's like somebody opened Pandora's box. Mm-hmm. That's the best way oh, I can describe my this match. God. That was that, yeah, a hundred percent I agree. So Roman we get the recap, of course, and then Roman and Paul enter the match. There's no J by Roman's side when he enters. Right. And we get the, there was no ascension ceremony for this belt. So yeah. Roman walks in with the belt and has to go, you know, help hang it up at the beginning of the match. And then as soon as that belt is risen up above the ring, KO comes in with the surprise attack from the side. Because he's got he's to do anything he can to get one over on Roman. Yeah. Because Roman has been made to look unbeatable essentially right so kevin is going off on roman jay comes in and attacks kevin it's a great back and forth between everybody eventually kevin owens has a cool spot against uh jay where he hits him literally in the ankle with a chair to Mm -hmm. block a super kick right so jay has to leave and he comes back like i said it's like pandora's box this this match was like a hundred percent it was like throwing two rambunctious teens into an ikea and said like just make mayhem exactly it was incredible there so much destruction in one match and it was good it was it was it 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 occasionally felt like it might be too much Mm -hmm. but then they did something and you were like no this is perfect like it was Oh, so much mayhem, so much chaos, and it was absolute, like, just absolute total destruction. Yeah, like, I was starting to question whether or not Miz was right to cash in on that championship match. Right? Because, because we might thought... might not have made it out of this one. We, we thought that the uh, destruction of the first match was incredible, and that both champion or both competitors yeah. were knocked out, but... Really, if he had held on to the briefcase for a couple more Oof. hours, he might have had a chance to win the Universal Championship. Could have. Because, I mean, they were just beating the tar out of each Absolutely. other. Absolutely. And, I mean, Kevin got up to the title five different times. Yep. I was, like, he was so close so many times. And then the Usos just didn't give up. Jay and Roman, I call him Uso, but... Reigns and Oos right. just did, never gave up. They they continued the onslaught on Kevin. So he gets close five different times, and then Roman makes it all the way up to the ladder one time. Yeah. And chokes out or puts Kevin Owens to sleep. Ergo, Kevin died trying. Right. With air quotes. Of course. And Roman wins the belt. Yeah, it, it was it was really good. I liked that they kind of went to that typical WWE trope of you better only climb that ladder when you're going to win. Because if you go to the well too many times, the, the, there will be no water left. Like You, you, you can't right. get the belt no. at that point. Roman instead focused all of his energy into beating the tar out of Kevin Owens. Absolutely. And finally, when he had put to rest this pesky mosquito and slammed him down on the mat, there was only one thing to do, and that was finally climb the ladder and get his championship Absolutely. back. I, I, the, the head of the table looked no different. It's still got that blue universal championship sitting right in front. 
Exactly. Like, it, Roman did a great job of, you know, burying Kevin in Pandora's box, mm-hmm. locking it closed again, and then walking away as if nothing had happened. Yeah, the only thing he didn't do was light it on fire. Yes, but don't <laughs> worry. Fire is coming! Because immediately following this match, we get the Firefly Inferno match. But in order to do the recap for this match, because they do recap before everything, we go to the fun house and we get the Firefly Carol, Mm -hmm. which is where Bray recaps the story of him and Randy like it's the Christmas Carol. Yeah, if you've ever listened to Christmas music and been scared, I would want to know what happened. Like, how did you get to that point? Because... I experienced it for the very first time. Yes. Like, it was really creepy hearing these nice, joyful tones in the music. Yeah. With the very creepy and disturbing pictures that we were getting in terms of... I mean, Bray Wyatt, just as a character, feeling the joy of Christmas in all of this destruction. Yes. Like, Like, everybody else feels the joy of Christmas through... A lovely snowfall, or a present under the tree, or eating gingerbread. Like, the very nice, wholesome things. things. Yes. Oh, no. Bray Wyatt gets it from being mentally warped. (laughs) And it, it, it it was very exciting and entertaining. Kind of like watching... A, a horror movie absolutely and i when when we say he recaps the match like he recapped the entire feud yeah. he went back to a couple years ago when right. Ray, when when randy burned down the wyatt compound like so much fire was involved and so fun fact a firefly inferno match is just like any other inferno match yep except they have really cool fire things Meaning those giant coils wrapped yeah, I, up I, the pole. Those were really, really cool. So usually, like, the, the flames are directly outside of the ring. Like, you have, I don't know, what, a three, four foot? Probably about that. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's where the flames emanate from. This was not the case for a Firefly Fun House Inferno, Inferno match. match. Everything that has to do with it. The flames were actually outside the barricade. So, obviously, in the in the COVID world that we live in now, there are no fans in attendance, which right. allows them that ability. Yeah, they get a little more freedom with what they can do. Usually where the fans would be sitting there on that first row, that's where these fire generators were. Yeah, exactly. And so, at the beginning of the match, there was no fire. So, we were like, "Where? where is it? Mm-hmm. What's going on? And then, come to find out, the Fiend is the king of fire. Mm-hmm. He controls the fire. Um, he's also the king of making moves look less impactful. So, like, Randy was punching him, yeah. and he was selling it, but then he got back up laughing. But yeah, yeah, he was he was like, enjoying he was it too much. He loved, yes. like, ah, oh, that person that you just... God, just gets on your nerves because exactly. they keep coming back for more. Exactly. There were there were a couple of really cool spots in this match. And, 
it, it was very Phantom of the Opera. Oh yeah, I was almost. I was waiting for the music of the night or something. <laughs> like I needed some. I was a chandelier to fall, yes. something to happen, and then boom, he lights the entire arena. On it fire. was insane. And then we had some uh, interesting implements. Oh yeah, it was a it was a damn pickaxe. Yeah, it, it, yeah, I, and he was it aiming a- it. Aiming it for his head. He, he pulls a pickaxe from underneath the ring and then just goes nuts yeah. on Randy. Uh, thank goodness Randy Orton got out of the way. Yeah. And then he used the straps and then, like you said, like, thank goodness Randy was able to get out of the way. He, was able, he had another close call when the Fiend took, the, took Bray's rocking chair, yeah. set it up, lit it on, like, smothered it in gasoline and then made a little path. He yeah. throws Randy into the chair drops the lighter on the gasoline i'm like the only thing going through my mind at this point where is the fire marshal like are you kidding me they I, let all of this happen just just like in handle in hamilton you turn him around turn him around so he can have deniability I, like I, yeah no you use i thought that aj was gonna be in the main event for that wwe championship right. match well, they told the fire marshal that the show was over after Roman oh, they Reigns. Had to. They won. had to. <laughs> because you're right. That's the only way that nobody knew Tropicana Field had been lit on fire. Exactly. And then we get another interesting uh, tool. We get an axe handle. Mm-hmm. But just an axe handle isn't good enough. Right. We have an axe handle on fire. Yeah. Yep. And it was, oh, it was intense. It was, it was a hot match because they were right around the fire the mm-hmm. entire time. It was, they, it was good back and forth. It was good storytelling. And then in a very similar way to Kane, when yeah. Kane was in an Inferno match, yep. Randy wins this match by reversing the mandible claw and kind of backing Bray or backing the Fiend into the flames yeah so the the way that kane loses is he he kind of flips out of the ring of course this is back when the flames are right outside the ring right and he puts his hand on the fire source in order to steady himself to to land right and so his hand is on fire catches on fire or for his forearm more so but nonetheless kane loses the match simply you know by Kind of inadvertently being yeah, near the flame. Exactly. That's kind of what happens to Bray or the Fiend in this case. Um, he's just leaning a little too far, and then he kind of goes back to steady himself. Of course, he's being guided in by exactly. Randy Orton, and and so his his jacket gets caught on fire. Yeah, and, so, and of course that should signal the end of the match. And. It almost did. Right. So they go back into the ring. Randy wins, and he's, you know, kind of, like, terror-stricken. Like, he's he's in awe and also afraid of well, what he's done. And, and, and re- then it sinks in. But, but remember, the Fiend was not affected by the flames. No, he just ran into the ring after Randy. Exactly. So his jacket's on fire, and he kind of looks at it, and he goes, Oh, okay, I'm on fire. Yeah. Not going to stop me from beating him. No, so he climbs he climbs into the ring with Randy. They end up like laying down. Mhm. Uh, because you know one of them's on fire. Eventually you just kind of kind of have to lay down and let it go out. 
Yeah, I think um, he was struck or something. Yeah. I, there was an attack involved that yes, had the fiend course. go down. Of course. So Randy's kind of like in awe and terror stricken of what he's done, and also just the fiend in general. And then it sinks in, and he goes back to this like sick, twisted, demented state of right. Randy and the voices inside his head. So he goes and he gets the gas can. Yep. And soaks the fiend in gasoline. And then goes and gets a box of matches. And single match, strike, backs up, drops, and he lights the fiend on fire. Yeah. Like yeah. This man is essentially being burned alive. Yeah. It it was um It was a very dark thing to, to be watching. I I remember the old days of wrestling when there really were no rules or restrictions. And uh, you could kind of, I mean, they would take real, you know, not exactly real chairs, but they would they would actually hit each other yeah. in the head with the chair. Not, you know. Exactly. Put their hands up to make the sound, things like that. I don't know why I'm breaking the business here, but. <laughs> I had never seen anything like this. No, me either. I, I remember when they did the chair. You know, the rocking chair yeah. spot. And I kept saying, no, like, there's no way they're going to do this. There's no way they're going to have that be okay. Exactly. And then we get it at the end. Oh. He douses the fiend in... From head to toe. In, in, in gasoline. I mean, this is... I was worried that Randy was too close... Yeah. ...to the carcass... Be- because I thought, oh my gosh, this is just going to explode. Exactly. But. It was it was incredible. It was a great story. It was a great match. Absolutely. And the whole time we've been asking me. What's next? What's next? I don't know. But I'm real excited. Because some- the Fiend has to come back from you this, would think. right? You would think. Right, the Fiend comes back from everything. But the Fiend has never been lit on fire and burning no. for so long. Uh, I, I think, obviously, you know, Bray Wyatt was not burned alive. No. Um, you know, the, the, there and was a moment... sort of, like, dummy. Yeah, there was a moment where the camera kind of got off of it and was following Randy to wherever. And, you know, yeah. to get the match or to get the gasoline yeah. or whatever it was. And so we get, like, what I presume to be, a like, a fake body, a dummy. Right. There, that looks exactly like The Fiend. But, wow, in terms of storyline, The Fiend has been burned alive. alive. There are buried alive matches in WWE. Never burned alive. Never burned alive. So, so this is a completely different precedent. And I'm... Uh, I know, I, I no know. Word. I'm speechless. I know, I am too. And, like, I... So the show ends. It goes off air with yeah. Randy demonically watching what he's just done in the in the fiend burning like yeah and we know nothing of the mental state now of randy orton no so tonight on raw we are in for a treat and if i was guessing what's next we probably will be hush about the fiend for a little while yeah but i think randy is coming back for drew to try and win that wwe championship i agree and Quite honestly, if I'm Drew McIntyre, I'm a little worried because the Randy Orton I beat months ago no longer exists. It's not the Randy Orton that's coming exactly. for you. Exactly. So, this has been another great episode of 
the chamber pod thank you so much for listening thank you we appreciate you guys we're gonna try and make the best content we have a couple of ideas that we're gonna try out and test out and maybe we'll get some new stuff some new segments some new fun things but this is sean for amanda we're here on rss.com after every wwe show spotify the chamber pod apple podcast google podcast wherever you listen thank you so much and we will be back tomorrow for a review of tonight's monday, monday night, night raw. raw thank you so much Bye. have a good night